0: to Sir Reginald's Monocle, the Umbrella Academy podcast. My name's Toby Shaver. I'm here with my brother Dave. We are the hosts of the Back Issues podcast. And this is our brand new show dedicated to the Netflix show Umbrella Academy, as well as the comic books that are the source material for that. Welcome to the show, Dave.
1: Happy to be here. Super excited.
0: All right, man. So for the listeners, the backstory on this show... Uh, Shavy D here had read the comics back in the day So he's familiar with where this show came from I didn't know anything about it But, you know, now you, Dave, you finally went in Like you had, had waited, hadn't really watched the show right away But you finally did and then reported back to me You know, talking about how awesome it is So I had to jump in there and binge it. And man, this thing's awesome. So we're going to talk about it. There's, This is going to be spoiler filled. And we're going to bring everybody up to speed. Hopefully you guys have already watched season one. But season two is going to be dropping this week as we speak. So we're going to be doing an after show um you know, kind of live as this thing's released, but today we're just going to talk about season one and fill in some blanks because I never read any of this stuff. So Dave, so tell me a little bit about the comics. When, when did this thing come out? You know, what was your experience with it? Uh,
1: well, uh, first of all, the, the writer is, uh, Gerard Way from, uh, My Chemical Romance. Um, oh really? Yeah. So, uh, you know, being a little bit older, I was, uh, you know, I've heard their songs and stuff, but I was not necessarily of that uh, that age group. Um, but I actually liked their music, but uh, you know, didn't know what to expect from him as a writer, and uh, just super impressed. I mean, back then, as they were coming out, it was I was super impressed. Um, and then basically, the main source material is kind of like three. Um, well, the first two, uh, the first set of six issues came out in 2007, started in 2007, wrapped up in 2008. Um, there was another six-issue miniseries. And then there was a relatively recent one that was like a seven-issue series um, in in uh, 2018 that started. So uh, um, just really good stuff, I mean, quality writing um, just love of the material um, and then the artwork um, Gabriel Bay ba? I, I'm not sure how you uh, pronounce his last name but I mean I, I couldn't imagine art that fit with the this story or you know the story of these characters um, any better than his so uh, very impressive
0: Season one. Okay, just to go back a little bit, the premise of the show and the comic, at least as a new viewer, non-reader so far, is there's some type of event, some type of, you know, supernatural maybe, cosmic maybe, I don't know yet. Some type of event where on a specific day, seven women just randomly crap out kids you know they don't even know they're pregnant like the first scene we see is like these you know teenagers at a pool or whatever kind of flirting with each other and then the the uh girl dives into the pool and just has a baby like you just see blood everywhere and the next thing you know she's having a baby these events are happening around the world you know women who aren't pregnant are having kids so then we see the eccentric You know, billionaire, trillionaire, again, who knows yet. I don't know how how deep this dude's money goes. But, you know, Sir Reginald Hargraves. And he kind of makes the travels around the world and, you know, basically buys all these babies. Um, And then what we see kind of in in recap form is that each of these kids have superpowers. And he's he's assembling basically this, you know, superhero. The whole thing... So let me let me. I'm it, getting a little ahead it, of myself here. Well, Just, well, basically it kicks
1: off. You know, kind of. You know, in both versions, uh, whether it be the Netflix show or the comic, where it's, uh, you know, an event happens. In, in Netflix, it's October 1st, 1989. Um, basically, 43 of these births are occur, and uh, oh, that's right. I seven, forgot those
0: he, were. It was only the seven that he was able to. You know, procure. correct <laughs> correct and in the comic it actually was
1: earlier as far as in time because the the time frame is different sure you know, obviously sure. with this with this show coming out when they, did, they want you know, this to be set f-
0: like as their adults set in present time correct exactly
1: so uh so yeah so yes he he decides to round up as many as he can to uh as he says, you know, prepare them to save the world. So right,
0: right. And uh, then as as the, you know, as we join now and this is where I wanted to get some clarification because as the show starts, it's, you know, the Umbrella Academy kids are now adults now and they've been estranged, you know, we don't know totally yet how everything went down, but they've been separated from each other for quite some time and Sir Reginald passes away. So they all gather, um, you know, to come back home, basically, to, to bury their father, um, and then, you know, the family dysfunction ensues from there, so they're coming from, from all parts of the world, and including Luther, who's, I'm still very confused about this, Luther's coming back from the moon, so we got this one dude who's like the, you know, we find out later he's the number one, you know, he's supposed to be, like, the main guy, He's living on the moon so now again we're gonna spoil the crap out of the show but in the comics does the series start out in this same way where they're coming back as adults you know for, to bury Sir Reginald or is this just a yes a, the way well, they're telling it in the in the show
1: in the in in the comic it starts with a adventure in their youth. So with the very first, you know, of the six issues, but it it immediately. But is followed. just in
0: the sense of kind of a flashback, though. But story Correct. wise, they uh, it
1: it, it's, it starts with uh, it starts with uh, Space Boy coming back, and when he walks into uh, Sir Reginald's study, uh, Pogo and Number Five are in there waiting for him. So it starts okay. differently than the series, but it's. Uh, But it's very much in the same vein as far as like, you know, the uh, the death of of uh, the monocle, uh, you know, brings them all back together.
0: So. All right. So let's talk about let's talk about our cast of of characters here. So we, we already talked about Space Boy, so let's talk about him a little bit. You know, as we find him, he's coming back to mourn his father literally from the moon. He's just chilling up there. You know, I, I think we find out a little bit later in the season that, you know, at least from his understanding of it, he was there awaiting orders, waiting for his next mission, is kind of how kind of how he said it. But, you know, we also fi- find out at some point that, you know, as, as his brothers and sisters, his adopted brothers and sisters start to, Start to leave, you know, leave the family. He was like the last one that stayed. So at one point, you know, he gets sent out on on this solo mission um, with nobody to help him, and gets hurt very badly. So, so uh, Sir Reginald, you know, does some type of procedure to him that gives him, you know this this hulking body, this hulking hairy body. What was his deal before that? What, like what, what's Space Boy all about? Like what were his powers? You know, they didn't really get into that much in season one because it seemed like the, like the huge body and strength might have came later.
1: Well, no, the, the disfigurement came, but the I mean, in the comic, it's basically, he, it's his head was transplanted onto a Martian gorilla's body so like it's it's obnoxiously big like awesomely obnoxiously big in the comic okay like you know but now that's
0: not what happened in this though it was more of like an ejection type thing right it wasn't literally that. correct
1: yes they handled it quite well i thought as far as you know the you know he still towers over everybody you know they, they 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 really find a happy balance with, you know, what they, you know, are restricted to be able to do on television. But uh, the Space Boy name actually is not, you know, because he, you know, was basically sent by his dad up to uh, the moon. It was because in the comics he takes on the he, he wants to be the youngest kid to ever go into space and he gets the name Space mm. Boy. So that's yep. where actually that name comes from. Okay. Um And, uh, and yeah, he's the, he's the true believer, you know, of the crowd and, you know, he's the one that stayed and, uh, there's different, it's funny because I think there's different, and I've never heard the creators, you know, comment on it, so I guess I don't know exactly what, um, what it means, but the, their numbers are actually, uh, I think has more to do with not how like powerful they are or like when he got them. It has to do with like how easy, easily he could tolerate them.
0: <laughs> so mm.
1: that's why he's number one.
0: So he's, the, he's the least offensive to Sir Reginald.
1: <laughs> Correct, I think is how they kind of delved into it in the books. Again, the books are clearly just he's awesome. only
0: tolerating all of them. I mean, he's I mean, this dude. I mean,
1: he's, he's a man a, on a mission.
0: Yeah, I, I, this is a great show to watch for anybody who has ever felt like neglected or unseen by their parents. You'll immediately feel better about your own family situation because you get to see like the worst example of an adoptive father.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's the it's the antithesis of Ma and Pa Kent, you know. Right, right. I mean, it's a very intelligent, very wealthy, shrewd person that, as a means to an end, has to, you know, train these their kids. But he doesn't think of them that way. I mean, he's she you know, just thinks of
0: them as soldiers. Even as they walk through the halls, like when they come back as adults and are walking through the halls of this mansion, you see like you know, the halls lined with... Throat shots and, po- and stuff yeah, like posters that. posters of, like, you know, <laughs> martial arts moves and killing techniques <laughs> right. and stuff. But they're drawn exactly. in, like, you know, the way that you'd see, like, you know, signs teaching kids how to wash their hands in kindergarten and stuff. They're, they're drawn Ex- very educationally. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, okay, the- so now... now um, luther did he had like before all that went down then was he his had super strength his super strength okay yep, yep. okay so he was already just huge so and the, and then when they come back and and find out that the dear old dad is dead he's the first one that's kind that's kind of skeptical you know okay go ahead. i would
1: i would just say this on a quick sidebar that speaking of dear old dad um i mean that's kind of what's funny about it is you know you were talking about uh, you know not a nurturing uh you know home life uh like he even to the point like in the books at least you know specifically didn't want them to ever call him dad like he wanted to be called like you know sir reginald or like the monocle was i think you know was his his true preference but uh you know what i mean so it really was you know at all times you know keeping that distance or whatever but at the same time um you know, one of the things I thought that, that, that they just did beautifully was the you know, planting the seed of was mom really, you know, Sir Reginald also? You know. Right, right, so right. I, yeah. I thought so, that was like so you know, other if you've level seen the show, you know,
0: stuff. mom is this android that he built, to you know, basically, and is not, not the first version of it. There's, you know, we find out later that there's earlier versions that were, you know, or at least one earlier version that was decimated. But, uh, you know, this is the mom, kind of the the doting mother. And, you know, in the first couple episodes, or at least the first episode, can tell something's up with her. But they're all calling her mom and kind of treating her, you know, she seems more less like an android more just a a woman that's just been you know emotionally abused and is just this kind of shell of a person but obviously you find out later that you know she's she's this machine but uh so okay so let's move on to the other kids here do do you want to go in order as far as uh Oh, like, no, like, number wise. Yeah. Just because I figured, yeah, because you know, I don't even really, I didn't even necessarily catch other than the, than the obvious ones, you know, who is number two, uh, Diego, Diego. Okay. So let's talk no. about Diego. Um, you know, Diego is the one that we see as, as the show opens is still out there doing it. He's kind of gone the solo, you know, vigilante type, type route, um, obviously a super, super skilled fighter and, and has this, uh, what seems to me this ability basically to, you know, with his knives where he just throws them, but then can control them, you know, kind of like that, that movie where they could shoot and like bend the bullets and that kind of thing. Um, so to, to my knowledge, that's his, his superpower. Am I missing anything about Diego power and skill wise?
1: Well first of all I mean as far as like you know the vigilante thing and stuff I think you hit it right on the head. He's very much like the Raphael character Dude. of like the the turtles type of style. Lots of rage. Yes, and just you know on mission and that's you know that's that's what that that that's what gets him there. The uh uh in the books he's well first of all you know it starts obviously with Diego and it goes through the whole rest of the cast. But I'll tell you what they they diversified because all the kids like in the comic just looked like kind of the same. I mean, yeah. dark
0: hair, blonde hair, whatever. But, you know, uh, yeah. and Lily it, white, you know, private school kids, basically.
1: Very much so. But like yeah. the, they. Oh, my goodness. Like this casting is just so good. These actors and actresses are everyone. Yeah, hits we, the should, mark. we
0: should say And I neglected to say uh, Luther played by Tom Hopper yes played played awesomely he's you know really plays that amazing. role. amazing kind of the stoic you know it,
1: it, perfectly cast
0: it's funny I just, it, it didn't occur to me until now but the way this show starts out and you'll appreciate this because i know you love this movie too that this, this show felt like a mix between x-men and this is where i leave you the jason bateman movie you know, oh, that's like that one of my
1: all time favorite movies. Yeah, Absolutely. it's
0: like the X Men version of that where like this yeah. family comes back and they're like even even the ones who haven't seen each other in years, like, they don't miss a beat of the dysfunction. They're back at each other's throats and, you know, in each other's crap, like immediately. You know, all the all the old wounds and all the, you know, the old family baggage, you know, they're just right back into it, even, even in a situation where they're mourning. But, um, Tom Hopper, you know, his Luther it is such a great, like, he plays it so well as kind of the stoic, you know, just wants to keep, like, very good at putting up with everybody's shit, you know, he's clearly annoyed by, like everybody and and what they're doing but he's he's kind of the one who keeps his cool and tries to keep everybody together
1: yeah the lead i mean the the leader in the sense that he's the you know I, i keep using the phrase true believer but like just invested in the cause i mean that's why you know i don't think for instance there's you know little scenes can make such a difference in a series like this and i for instance when he references uh you know, going out and having conversations under the tree with, uh, Sir Reginald, and everybody's like, oh, you did that, you know, whatever, you know, some of that is not even really that he, you know, necessarily, you know, cared for Luther more, but Luther was invested in the mission. He believed in the cause. He believed in all the things, and, you know, uh, I think that's what, you know, my big takeaway with, uh, with that character and, and you know, how he plays that is just, just right on the mark.
0: Right. But, uh, okay. Okay. So getting back to Diego then. Um, so Diego, so we and established again, he's kind of the vigilante. Correct.
1: And, uh, the superpower he has in the books that I, they haven't touched on yet, but they may is that he can hold his breath indefinitely or, so far you know that they've been able to determine yes yeah i don't think that
0: ever came up at all in in the in the season one of the show
1: no it didn't i mean not that i saw but you know it could so his
0: kind of storyline and uh played by david uh castaneda he you know he's been kind of doing his thing on on the street his vigilante thing he clearly has these um you know relationships w- with the police you know he's got one that was obviously an old flame you know with the with the lady detective um although i guess they just call them detectives want to be pc here they don't call them lady detectives right mm-hmm. um,
1: detective detective patch which <laughs> yeah. was a was was a gender bend for the uh for the uh show i, oh, patch I really was
0: a patch was a dude in the comics. Uh,
1: it was inspector patch he was like uh uh he had like a monkey partner and all this it was you know it's it's crazy i mean the the books are just uh, awesome you you'll be so happy when you read them but the uh but no i thought they did a great job with her uh she was she acted very well and uh and i was you know uh, it was a perfect uh you know way to be more invested in the diego character you know and see his his depth of emotion so mm-hmm big yeah. fan big big uh i really like that choice so he's number two then and correct then, and his okay, name so is the, num- cra- the the kraken is his code name the kraken now, yeah they all have code names and they haven't they didn't really get into you know obviously they you know allison telling the story about space boy and stuff like that you you understand but there's yeah but there's so much more depth to the the books as usual you know but Again, they, it they, seems with
0: with the way uh, with the way his powers manifest at the end, it seems like Ben, the one who died, it seems like he would have been the Kraken because he had all the he's know, like uh, the he, tentacles come nickname, out at the end like he's the
1: his nickname's the Horror, the Horror. Well, yeah, that's his 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 code, his code name is the Horror. Well, I'll give you a quick rundown. Okay. I mean,
0: I mean we'll get it. Okay, we'll get so Diego's to... 2, he's the Kraken. And then yes. Allison's number 3, is that correct? Correct, and she's called in the books the the rumor.
1: Okay. And and uh, you know, you can explain in, 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 as far as, you know, in the show how how they use that power um, or I guess I can just go ahead and explain right now, <laughs> but the uh, yeah. you know, in the show Basically, she has to say, I heard a rumor. And then when she does, basically, like, the next thing she says, you know, people will do. Whereas in the books, it's actually like a... Where once she puts it out there, and I don't even think it's really... Again, I got to go back and read them to get real specific. But this is just in general what I remember. The, uh... it, it, It was, uh where once she said it it was like a a reality bending type of thing where she didn't even have to say it to someone per se you know to make them do she something she could just say
0: it to the kind of to the universe
1: correct so it was uh obviously pretty intense and pretty you know far more powerful than than just being able to tell somebody to do something which uh you know there's a lot of that in the books obviously you know uh power levels are just different in comics versus you know what you can do on te- television but like uh uh like for instance number 4 is Klaus right uh love he- that character and just i mean talk about uh i'm sorry first uh uh the actress name the actress's name that plays Allison
0: Uh, Emmy Raver Lampman, who I have never seen before in anything. I enjoyed her. I thought she was great, and I I don't know what she socks have officially been knocked
1: off. Um, yeah, she is from Hamilton. I'm I'm Ah. from my understanding, she's a a veteran of the stage, and you can kind of see it once you hear that. Like once I heard that, and and you know, watched a few clips again. Um, yeah you know because she's got just a real nice physical presence like in in the scenes um but she I was wondering is i was wondering really who, good and really attractive i knew that
0: either her or luth hello i can hear you now i lost you for a second yeah you can, you you oh, okay. freeze every once oh. in a while yeah so. your screen froze up there oh okay um I I what I was saying I don't I lost the last part of what you were saying so sorry to interrupt I I had a feeling that either her or the dude who plays Luther must have some kind of like musical theater background because they had that like dance number that felt right. very shoe, shoehorned in there and it felt like one of those things where like you know well, somebody on a TV show happens to be a singer too so they figure out a way to make sure that they <laughs> right. get to sing right. on the show. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the uh, the Flash and Supergirl.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: Um, yeah, the uh, yeah. Speaking of which, I mean, you know, I don't. Just in case we forget to get to it when we kind of recap the season, but uh, I'd love that. I, I not so much that I just you know was enthralled with the dance scene, but I just loved the concept of you know in such an awful situation. That particular episode wrapped up so well for everyone, and then, you know, rewind oh, history. I know and That was, it was just a great, great little tease. I, I it's really so enjoyed funny that. that you
0: that you just mentioned Flash, Supergirl too, because I didn't make that connection, but it almost felt like that um, in the season of of Flash when when Barry finally, you know, gets the courage to tell Iris that. He he's in love with her, and he does, but then like, you know, the shit hits the fan, and he has to go back and and change time. Yeah, oh yeah, one (laughs) hundred percent. That was the same kind of thing. So like, like this thing was resolving, and I guess yeah, maybe we're getting a little ahead, but yeah, it it was like almost resolving. Like you know, maybe there was still going to be an apocalypse, maybe, Um, but you know, some of these characters were kind of on their way to their own little version of just leaving and just not dealing with this situation and just trying to, like they were going to go to the airport and maybe, you know, who knows, maybe Luther and Allison were going to, you know, start a relationship or whatever. And then just everything time just sucks itself back and reverses.
1: Well, again, and, and I like the fact that it was, it ended where they weren't, it's not like anybody was ending on a, on a great note you know per se it was just they were there's nothing else we can do to save the world we're gonna take our five here at the end of it all and you know those two were gonna run away and see her daughter see yeah see her daughter um right right. and you know i don't you know i yeah just really i I thought it was handled just really well and um but anyway so then back to the uh quick rundown of the the crew um and Klaus, uh, his codename is The Seance in the books. Okay. And he's really quite a bit more powerful, which I, I know they've, they've they've started to allude to. But, like, you know, he basically uh, is constantly elevating. You know, when he was little, you know, he floated around, like, you know, and, you know, he's always like that. Oh, uh, okay. Um. The, uh, yeah, they, uh, uh, I think it's, what's the actor's name? She, Sheehan, uh, Patrick Sheehan. No, uh, Robert Sheehan. Uh, yep. Really good, man. Really, oh, yeah. uh, I've seen him in a few smaller things, uh, and liked him, but
0: what well, a he's, what, he's got the, what a uh, tour de force. He's got the task. He's got the, you know, you have to act your Ass off task because you know as as we're kind of meeting these characters, he's you know and just to elaborate a little bit on, on what you said, basically when we first meet him, we see that his ability is basically to talk to dead people. He can see dead people interact with him, um, but he's and you know not surprisingly you know become a junkie because that's how he can tamp it down. I mean that's I'm assuming one of the reasons that that he fell into addiction is because that's the only time that like dead people can't talk to yeah. him. So as the story progresses and he realizes that he needs to be able to connect, he's got to get sober in order to do so and just played so well by this dude.
1: Oh, magnificent. I mean, yeah, just, yeah, just really, really, really good. Um,
0: I mean, there's, so he's number four then, right?
1: Correct. I mean, there's amazing performances from top to bottom. There's just no you oh, I can't yeah. I can't say enough. But um so then the next one is the
0: number five. Number five, who obviously is very pivotal to, to the plot.
1: Correct. Um, he and he is uh because he time jumps, you know, he never he wasn't around for his name. So he's you know, they call him the boy, I guess is his somewhat code name but he's really just number
0: five you know so
1: i always find that pretty funny um and then just to wrap it up real quick and then we'll come back around but the uh
0: and then that was aiden gallagher was was who plays number five which is so it's so funny to watch that was the only thing that bumped me because he was on um the show that Lucy used to watch when, when she was little, you know, like a Nickelodeon show. Oh, okay. So it, it took me a couple episodes to not, you know, see him as the kid from Nicky, Ricky, Dicky, and Don. <laughs> ah, well, I'm so happy then
1: that I didn't. I'm so happy yeah. that... Uh, because uh, he... Th- the old soul in the young body, he absolutely nailed. I mean, yeah. I am really just really the writing's great the 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 way they've uh basically in the comic if i'm not mistaken i don't think he was a a teleporter really he was just it was that he was purely time and the way that for instance he did well i mean talk about a great scene in the series that you know Istanbul, you know, to that song when he uh, takes out that that hit squad. Uh, Well, basically, in the comic, he has the ability to kind of do that type of porting, but he does it by doing, like, little mini time jumps. Right. So it's a different thing. But in this one, it obviously fits a lot better to have him be, you know, a teleporter and a, a, a time master or whatever. So,
0: yeah. And, re- uh, and really visually you know I mean it it presents as just teleport teleporting but if it was a time jump that's how it would look to the people perceiving it anyway so you know it probably is that you know behind the scenes you know what I mean
1: yeah just great just really um
0: again yeah, very well uh, played and, and you're right playing the playing the old soul and the tiny body could easily have gone like with a different actor could have come off very unbelievable. And this kid pulls it off very nicely.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, the, the ability or the, the, the risk of overplaying like the drunk scene, um, the, you know, uh, there's, yeah, there was just so many, Traps and pitfalls he could have fallen into, and he just avoided them all. And really, uh, I can't rave about that kid enough. So uh, uh, the next one is Ben, who is, uh, when the uh, series starts, is deceased. So uh, we don't I see-
0: assume at some point got killed on a mission. They never really, I don't think, alluded to it that much, what happened to him, or, unless I missed it.
1: Yeah, they never really in the in the TV show they never really get to the specifics. Which I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna leave that alone a little bit. But it was basically. uh, I'm sure they'll get into that. Um, You know, like in the books, it was interesting because it same thing. He he, you know, died at a younger age, but then when he was in like ghost form, he was. He actually had a, like a uniform, too, but which, you know, obviously in this, they just went with the hoodie and the leather and stuff. But, uh, um, you know, he aged, you know, he he became an adult ghost, if you will, or whatever, like, mm. like they've done in the show or whatever. So, um, again, every little concession they've had to make to make it, you know usable in this format has been absolutely a uh, I think a wise artistic choice so
0: right um so so ben's played by justin minn and we only see him um with klaus obviously since he's correct. deceased we see him briefly you know in a like flashback scenes when they're kids and stuff but present day we only see him you know hanging out with klaus and you know <laughs> as the as the season goes on and Klaus starts to kind of realize that his powers are are a little bit more than than what he thought, then, you know, Ben kind of becomes uh, more part of that and actually starts helping the team, and there's, you know, some really just funny moments where, you know, before the rest of the siblings realize that Ben's even in the picture at all, you know, Klaus taking some credit for, for some stuff that Ben actually does, and it's kind of funny just no. to see you know, Ben's reaction to, to those moments. You know, it's like, Hey, I, I saved his life, you know, or whatever, but, um, we won't get too far, too far ahead there. So the only thing we really see power wise from, from him. So what did you say? His name is the, what's his code name? The horror, the, atro- the horror. I was going to say the atrocity. <laughs> the horror. No, And it's, um, uh, so those tentacles, is that, you know, is that no, the well, whole scope of it?
1: basically what it is and i don't remember now if they touch on it exactly i think they they mentioned it a little bit in the in the show but basically it's not that he has like tentacles under his shirt or whatever he right they he's, come from he, somewhere well he's a portal for these horrific creatures but it's not that he, he's a like the way I think they described it in the book is basically he channels these horrific creatures that live under his skin. Where they're not like part of his body. It's like a dimensional thing where he manifests them. So, <clears throat> so yeah. So, it's – uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah. That's an interesting Yeah, I mean, one. I'm
0: looking forward – like they – that's the one thing they had to spend so much time on on the plot here, which is probably a good thing because it leaves a lot of, you know, fruit on the vine for season two. But, you know, it's really interesting how they approach the show because they didn't go too deep on backstory. They kind of just went straight into and, you know, we're kind of learning about the characters as we go. So, you know, again, still a lot of questions left unanswered going into into season two but yeah so Ben's deceased he's number six and then number seven is Vanya played by Ellen Page who you know as we meet her is the you know the fifth beetle type the the non-powered one you know at least at, at the beginning we think she has no powers you know we think she she just grew up in the shadow of this famous superhero team um, you know, later on, went on to write a tell all book, you know, about life, you know, life in that house life with the umbrella Academy. And, you know, basically is, is estranged from the family. It, it appears that everybody's, you know, pretty pissed off at her at this point to the point where, you know, they, they didn't even necessarily expect her to be back for the funeral.
1: Yeah, I love it. They, <clears throat> excuse me, they, the, in the comic, The book she writes is actually the same title, Extraordinary, like Extra Space Ordinary. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Fabulous. Uh, But yeah, she she is, you know, when the series begins is, uh, you know, is believed to have no powers and is just really a depressed, sad sack. And uh, but she has a secret. And that, uh, she be- eventually becomes something more. Uh,
0: you know, so that's our players, basically. And then, uh, you know, they, they come together for, for the old man's funeral. And that's when uh, kind of shit starts to hit the fam. we meet Pogo, who, you know, is the, basically the primate butler, which, again... Many many questions unanswered in season one regarding Pogo. Um, you know, what do we know about him that's not too too spoilery?
1: Well, I can give. I won't say anything about him like backstory wise, but I will say that judging by the preview I saw for episode or for season two, we may be seeing a baby Pogo, which Ooh. would be very cool. So, and I'll leave it at that.
0: Oh, right, because, yeah, because it's a, a time jump. So we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that at, at the end. Yes. Um, so, you know, he's played, you know, obviously voice acted by uh, Adam Godley, and one of the best actors in the show. You know, it's, again, it's like one of those things where, I mean, we've seen this before, you know, particularly with some of the Star Wars movies, where some of the CGI characters are the best actors in the, in the the production and i mean pogo's no exception i mean between the voice acting and you know i'm assuming uh i mean adam godley he's a he's a legit you know screen actor so i'm assuming they probably used him for motion capture as well but um just super super believable you don't get bumped by the fact that you know <laughs> these these uh you know grown up siblings are just talking to this this monkey, as if he's just part of the family. And it's just like totally normal. They do such a great job. <clears throat> I mean, not only
1: is it rendered and acted so well, but yes, I mean, the interaction, the, you know, just the idea of he is such a central part, you know, he and mom to, you know, really facilitating. Uh, Sir Reginald's plan that you know you have to as viewers we had to be be that bought in to be able to to you know follow the rest of the, the you know the numbers on their journey so it was just essential that they pull off Pogo and man did they ever it was so oh there was a I think one point I spoke to you I don't know, after you'd seen, like, maybe episode and a half or something like that, and you're like, I feel distrustful of Pogo.
0: (laughs) I don't trust, I still, I still feel distrustful of Pogo. Well, well, I was pointing out that, like, not only is he so well, you know, animated and so well voice acted that you believe him as, you know, a, a talking monkey, but... Like, you start to pick up on little, you know, nuanced expressions and stuff that make you not trust him. Make you think that he's up to something and that yeah. it's not above board. And, you know, that that hasn't totally been paid off yet, really. I mean, obviously, they they reveal through, through the first season that he definitely knows more. I mean, he definitely kept secrets and, and, and that kind of thing. But I still think that there's more. I still think that there's more that he... He uh, um, knows about that, you know, could could be something nefarious, but I don't know. I mean, I'm just speculating. Um, so they they lay they lay a lot of groundwork, exposition wise, you know, in the first few episodes as the the kids are coming home and you know trying to trying to you know sort things out as far as dad and mom's kind of oblivious and doesn't seem to really know know what's going on and everything. Um and then then five shows up. So we find out that, you know, five's nowhere to be found. And then all of a sudden at the end of, I don't know, episode one or two or whatever, um, there's some type of portal, you know, craziness in in the backyard and uh all of a sudden five pops out still in in the form or maybe not still but once again in the form of a child you know and and uh, shows up in front of all his grown-up adult siblings and that's kind of a you know one of the cliffhangers they leave us on but basically through all the exposition we find out that you know he's been jumping through time you know he's he's lived you know enough he's 50 some years old at this point and has has uh, move backward and forward in time, and at one point forward enough to, to find himself in a post-apocalyptic world where he sees you know all his siblings, who had clearly tried to save the world and failed, and and now he's back to you know basically lets everybody know you know we got like three or four days or whatever until the end of the world, and and I'm back to stop it. And at this point, he's not like back to bring the team back together to stop it. He's just like, well, I'm back to stop it. You know? And I don't, I don't know, you know, that his plan seemed to be basically to handle it on his own. That's all of their plan at this point. None of them, like, I don't know. I'm anxious to see in season two, if they talk about it more, but they don't really go into necessarily why all the siblings have so much resentment towards each other or how, you know, each of each of them came to leave um but we just know that they're definitely not in the place where they're ready to work together to save the world at this point no
1: yeah well i mean i think they alluded to some of that like in the some of the scenes where for instance when uh he and number 7 uh are up at the top of the stairs and they have to race to the top and stuff so he's basically always putting them at at each other's throats so therefore you know, I think that that's where the resentment comes in. or um, Yeah. You, it you was all remember, kind but,
0: of orchestrated
1: by Dad. Correct. And. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the. Um, see, the tough part about describing this is that it's. A- after you've had a moment to digest once you've taken in all the episodes of season one. And you have a moment to digest and reflect on what you've just watched. Like, there's so much, well, in many cases, literal time jumping. But there's so much jumping mm-hmm. around that, like, it's hard to even describe this in, a, in any kind of real, you know, quote unquote, chronological sense. You know what I mean? So, right, right. Um, it is.
0: That's what I'm finding as we're talking about it is that, like, you know, we're, we're learning... About these characters but we're learning so much like through flashbacks but also through just you know what's happening now so it is kind of it's kind of confusing that's why it's one that you gotta kind of i don't know like it, it's so binge worthy it's hard not to start the next episode right up yes when you're done but at the same time it's one of those ones where you almost need to this would be all, really a better show to probably watch once a week because you do need that time to kind of digest what you just saw and process it a little bit because some of it's pretty pretty heady and pretty like you know what exactly just happened you know
1: yeah i love it i mean that's the whole thing is that and there's just so much nuance as far as um you know once you are able to, again, look back from the end and reflect. I mean, the the idea of, you know, Sir Reginald himself, I, I really like that character, but it's kind of like you ask yourself, how can you really like that character when he's such a dick, you know, to his kids or to the, you know, the children that he chose to take, take, uh, under his wing. And, uh, but then it gets into a little bit, you know, in one of the later episodes when he's, uh, you know, when he loses, I don't know if it's his wife or the love of his life or whatever, but, you know, basically after she passes and he kind of walks to the window and releases the, you know, whatever those are going to end up being or whatever, it's, uh, you know, you realize that Sir Reginald's probably not from these parts. (laughs) So, you know, like...
0: Yeah, right, exactly.
1: You you know, there's so much left to be... Well, some of the greatest characters, like
0: like someone being a colossal asshole you know does not eliminate them from being an awesome character you know i mean some of the greatest characters were people that you'd certainly never never want well, to raise your kids
1: <laughs> Well exactly but but at the same time are in very real ways quite redeemable in the end you know i mean there are I mean, there are stories you can take in where someone has been nothing but kind and accommodating to someone, and yet they have undermined every success that that person had the potential of having with those exact behaviors. Whereas someone can be an absolute, you know, what an out, outside observer would look at and say, what a- asshole. What a abusive yeah. jerk. But when, if you have a glimpse into what the what is needed of someone and the way to get that out of that person doesn't make you a good person, but it might not make you quite as bad as someone that doesn't know the full story realizes.
0: You know right. what I'm saying? I mean, so, well, for sure. I mean, Sir Reginald is... Uh, you know as many diabolical or unsympathetic characters are he he is one of those ones that clearly in his own mind he's the hero of his story you know he he is is doing it seems 100% what he thinks is the right thing to do even even the way he raises the kids is you know certainly part of his plan and, and he thinks he's in the right. But yeah, it is interesting to see characters like that and watch everything collapse around them.
1: That's one one of the things that I find so that they've done so well in the series, in the Netflix series so far is that they address now, again, you know, these, you know, all seven of these people came grew up to be damaged, you know, or, you know, Ben less so because he didn't grow up as much as the other ones, but the, you know, we're, we're damaged by the experience, but, you know, much like we talked about, we touched on earlier about the being that Sir Reginald was the one that programmed mom, you know, did he program her to be kind? Well, you know, again, when you look back, big picture, you know, if i have to be the taskmaster even on somebody that i love to get all of what there is to get out of them and that's just going to be what's going to have to happen i mean i could either a maybe resign myself to that and then just you know accept the damage that will come with it along the way or maybe i am kinder and deeper than people give me credit for or realize. And although I do need to continue to be that taskmaster, now I have provided a, you know, loving, need-fulfilling caregiver in the home with my Android. And, you know, Pogo allows for that, you know, because I'm the leader, I can't be questioned. And I can't even offer you the time to explain something to you but in some down moments because pogo is almost an extension of me at least intellectually you know maybe the kids can glean something through that process asking those questions so like again i love the idea of making you know people that you think are are irredeemable in certain ways you give glimpses into maybe some of the machinations that were going on behind the scenes that made them kinder than you thought and then you also offer up you know say a mom or a pogo you know doing some shady things because although you know not only do we love you and have we poured love into you you know you are going to be the thing that saves the world so like Buck up, little campers,
0: and get it done. Right, you know. I right, mean, yeah. It's an interesting dynamic because they have, you know, they have, like you said, mom and Pogo that are kind of providing things to them as children, like emotionally. That that Sir Reginald isn't going to, you know, I, I shouldn't say isn't capable of because, you know, like you said, if he programmed mom, you know, he definitely understands the need. You know, for that that nurturing side and stuff for the kids. But, like, you know, Mom is, is kind of like a direct, almost, reflection of what Sir Reginald wanted her to be for them. And Pogo's a little different because, I mean, he has his own free will, more so. But, also is just so incredibly loyal to Sir Reginald and his mission because he owes everything you know he's a intelligent you know sentient being you know more so than he ever would have been because of sir reginald so you know you you would think again like i still have my suspicions about pogo but you know clearly his loyalty to sir reginald is is pretty strong you know definitely i mean
1: and yeah and it's it's a uh, earned as well as you know almost obligated loyalty. So no, I, I definitely get your point. And, uh, it's, that's the kind of depth that this, this show provides.
0: We don't want to completely, you know, spoil everything because I'm sure there's some people listening that maybe haven't watched it yet. So, you know, as we kind of talk about the end of, of the season here and, and leading into season two, if you don't want to know how, how season one ends, this would be a good, good point to stop listening. Um, but you know, again, we don't need to break down all the beats of the story, but you know, essentially five is on this mission, you know, through this organization that he's come to work for, um, to set things right in the timeline, you know, stop things from happening that could disrupt the timeline, that kind of thing. Um, and he's back to stop this apocalypse and, you know, again, so many great, moments leading up to that you know with hazel and cha-cha and and all kinds of side stories and everything Uh, they they were like
1: they were such a small part of the comics they have done oh really oh my goodness they like it might have been almost been a surprise that they you know i mean they were fan favorites don't get me wrong but they were very you know they were written different they were very sadistic you know, hmm. uh, it was different, but no, I I couldn't be more impressed. I mean, Mary J. Blige, right. whatever she's doing, she should keep doing because she is it, looking good. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah, as well, well as looks she just great, was a badass. plays
0: that part expertly. Um, and then who's the uh, Cameron Britton, who plays Hazel, who's who's her partner? Um, fantastic. He's fantastic, and he gets his own nice little. Like, you know, in in a way, he's kind of uh, uh, almost a, a proxy in a way for the audience, because he's kind of like, even though he's entrenched in the story, he's like the one in it that that kind of gets to make a choice, like he gets to kind of change a little bit. Yep. He's he's very, uh, very much facing this situation where, you know, there's an apocalypse coming and, you know, he, he actually has the ability to influence maybe stopping that. Now, Hazel and Cha-Cha, they work for the same organization that Five, you know, has been, has been working for. Um, so at this point in the story, they're trying to hunt down Five. That's their mission. But... You know, as they start to learn more about it, Hazel, you know, has second thoughts and has a love interest that, you know, he starts thinking maybe an apocalypse isn't isn't such a great thing. Maybe we'd like the the world to be around for more than three more days, and you know, maybe I'd I'd like to maybe be out of this line of work. But you know, just the whole number one, all the fight scenes with them are incredible. You know, I mean, they just go like way over the top with it, and it's it's just fun to watch. But. Uh, um, again, like, I don't want to just, just tell the whole thing, but, you know, kind of long story short, they're not exactly successful stopping the apocalypse, you know, basically a, as the first season ends, you know, we're watching them about to fail. We're watching them, you know, come coming close to stopping it, but, but we realize that the, they're not going to be able to stop it. They kind of got... And, and this is how I interpreted it. And again, I, I binged the thing, so I didn't have quite as much time to process everything. Um, but essentially, at first, they think that the person they have to kill to stop the apocalypse is, you know, this Leonard character. This boyfriend of, of Vanya's that's that's um, um suspicious, but we don't quite know why they think he you know, they find out that he's this kid that that killed his dad, and you know, wanted to be special, wanted to be. And you and I talked about this very similar to the kid in The Incredibles that like wanted to be super, and you know, yeah. was very yeah. Resentful. He was, he was and,
1: born. He was born on the same day as all as the forty three miraculous births but his was just a normal birth on that right day. right and, <laughs> yeah. he, and he
0: thought you know he just always thought you know there must be my powers must just not have manifested or whatever but you know as they as you know he get, you know again spoiler alert even though i already said it but as he basically gets eliminated you know because he he comes to help vanya you know find her powers and develop those, you know, he came into possession of Sir Reginald's diary. So he knows that, you know, there's powers there and he actually knows how to, how to, you know, he, he finds out that if he gets her off the meds, that, that she'll be able to tap into these powers that Sir Reginald basically squashed in her as a child because he was afraid of them. Um, But then, you know, I, I, my interpretation was, the reason that they were instructed to kill him to stop the apocalypse is because of the fact that he was helping Vanya develop, who was the real person that was going to cause the apocalypse. Am I reading that right?
1: Uh, no. Well, basically, you know, it was, yeah, he, he, to Vanya, he was Leonard Peabody. But right, then right. he ended up being, you know, his real name was Harold Jenkins. And like you said, he, you know, murdered his father and went into jail Um. Basically, for like twelve years, I think he like got out the day that that uh, Sir Reginald, you know, passed, and then uh, like you said, discovered the information, and he, uh, um, you know, just wanted to destroy uh, the Umbrella Academy. You know, he definitely didn't want to help her. And your, I'm sorry, your question was.
0: Well, I, the way I read that is, you know, because oh, the, I know. I'm sorry. The I, order I'll, came down to kill Harold Jenkins to stop the no, apocalypse.
1: No, it no, no. That's what I'm sorry. I I was trying to do. I forgot why I was trying to, you know, lay that groundwork. Basically, the the note said protect Harold Jenkins. So then five assume that that must mean, "Oh well, that's got to be the guy then, you know, so um, yeah, and uh and then once he was eliminated, that's when uh, when the handler, who's Kate w- played by Kate Walsh, um, yeah. she gives cha-cha and Hazel one last chance and basically says, "Protect Vanya." Because, because right, right. the the te- the the handler like she's kind of the ones that gives the assignments to Five back when he was an assassin, and now to Hazel and Cha Cha. Uh, but basically, the, they know that apocalypse is coming, and they want it to happen. They 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 want things to happen the way they are. So, right, you know the 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 initial offer, which I don't think we actually touched on, but when she first recruited five, her, her offer was basically, you know, and I don't want to get into the exact way that happened because it was so good in the show, man. It just, you know, I won't get into the specifics, but basically it was basically like, if you come in in service for us for like five years, we'll let you go anywhere, anytime in any place you want to go for retirement or whatever. And then it's
0: the, it's the deal that, uh, that Joey Pants got in the Matrix, you know, we'll, we'll put you back in. We'll make you yeah, exactly. You know, we'll make you rich, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. And, and again, like I, I'm with you. I want to leave out like some of the, you know, very fun and some of the more shocking moments that lead up to everything. But, uh, again, long story short, they, they are not successful, um, in, In stopping the apocalypse this time around, but through the process, what this has done, and who knows, maybe this was, you know, Reginald's master plan, because we find out, you know, allegedly, you know, through, through Klaus, you know, finally sobering up and being able to connect with Sir Reginald, that essentially Sir Reginald killed himself, you know, for the sake of bringing the family back together to stop the apocalypse, Again, could be total BS at this point. We don't, we don't really know. It's not like the ghost of Sir Reginald can't be as you know manipulative and and deceitful as the living version of him so that could be that could be all a ruse as well but um it, through through this process they do kind of come together as a team again and start to trust each other and start to realize that well real quick on the real quick on the ghost of
1: sir reginald part uh i i thought they handled it in the show really well i i like the the girl that played god or whatever um because basically he wasn't fully sober you know he didn't i mean he he had the idea to get sober in that episode well, he's kind
0: of passed out at that particular point i think right
1: no well what i'm i'm telling you right now the yeah. the uh in the episode uh, the day that didn't happen or whatever you know the one we were talking about where they had the dance scene at the end and stuff well klaus's big thing was that he achieved on his own sobriety and was able to see Dave, his, you know, the dead, the, uh, the dead soldier. And, um, and that was all taken away. So he was ready to go even deeper. I mean, he wasn't even going to try to get sober again, but, but basically he didn't really like pass out. He got knocked out by God. And in this, and in the show, they have him have, uh, the, the black girl on the, the bike is the, uh, is, is God. Um, and she kind of talked a little tough to him, like, you know, like suck it up or whatever. And then, you know, then she sends him on to see Reginald, um, in the comics, it's actually like a John Wayne character is the, is the, is the little black girl. And it, but very much in the same vein where he's like, basically, you know, you guys are going to have to save the world now suck it up and grow some stones. You know what I mean?
0: It's like that kind of
1: thing. Like, so, uh, so I thought that was, uh. You know, again, I I, I I like the the slight changes they had from the book, and then uh, it really alludes to the fact that uh, he's really only scratched the surface on some of the powers and the potential that he has. So, so it's exciting.
0: Yeah. So you know, as it culminates in this final battle, you know, at the, at the concert hall, which is such a, such a great scene. Just the whole. I don't know. It's I, I just have so many questions about these powers and I want to learn more. I got to read the books. But like, you know, she's playing the violin, you know, and that's that's. Her power,
1: her, her the key to her power is basically. She convert, she converts sound to energy, you know, the uh, I was going to talk about a, the breakout scene I mean do you want to talk about that a little bit before
0: prior to uh, that? Well I don't want to go too deep. I actually kind of kind of want to want to wrap up. I mean we're go, we're going a little long so I just want to kind of okay. tee up Okay. Well then
1: then, then I'll skip past two I'll and, sk-
0: and and leave some stuff on the vine for those That's who are That's fine seen but anything.
1: I'll skip past that because the whole point I think was that you wanted me to kind of touch on the the comic versus the the Netflix right. program. Yeah. And uh so I won't backtrack to the Netflix portion which was very interesting, but the, the basically the the collected graphic novel of uh, the first mini series of the Umbrella Academy is called Apocalypse Suite, and Vanya instead of getting manipulated by Leonard, aka Harold Jenkins, she gets manipulated by this this actually whole group of like super powered. Uh, they're like. Um, criminal uh, recording artist, or, you know, like uh, symphony players. And Hmm. I forget the main character's name, the main bad guy, but he basically convinces her to play the apocalypse suite that's gonna end the world. Like, at first, she's like, no, I want no part of that. And then she has some interaction with the family, and they treat her like shit. And she's like, well... She comes back she's like screw them and she whatever yeah, I'll just and
0: play that apocalypse song. and she
1: right and she turns into the white violin and you know there's there's yeah. there's uh you know it's a, it's again they just did such a good job fitting it to the format but it's uh but yeah you definitely you'll you'll you're gonna flip your lid when you read the books i mean they're, they're just oh, so wait. out there oh it's so awesome so good
0: i can't wait
1: so anyway, yeah. I just wanted to, then, I just wanted to add that about the apocalypse suite.
0: So yeah, while all that's going on, you know, she's playing and I, I was just curious if there was more, it, you know, I, I assume, I assumed it was more for artistic effect, but I didn't know if there was more to her power because the orchestra kept playing with her. You know, everybody's scattered because this place is basically coming apart at the seams. But the rest of the orchestra, they kept playing for a long time before they got up and ran away.
1: She did the swipe out into the audience to try to make them sit back down. And then she turned around and did it to the orchestra, too. And they sat back down and played a little more. And then they're like, ah, screw it. We're out of (laughs) here.
0: So, I mean, again, awesome, awesome to watch, especially that last episode visually. But when the team fails their last hope is for five to you know attempt a time jump with all of them which he's never done before he has you know no idea if he can or not um but it's really their only choice at this point and and at this point the entire family is actually together because they have Vanya you know she's knocked out at this point but uh you know they're gonna take her too and you know the whole team's together and they make the time jump literally right before, you know, the the concert hall is is decimated and and the world ends, um, and then we don't really know. Obviously, there's spoilers if you watch the trailers, but basically, you know, they they all disappear to to some time in the past where they're going to try to get another shot at this, um, and that's kind of where they leave us with season one. Yep. And I would only
1: say um, that the second miniseries or, you know, the collected second series uh, was collected as Dallas. Yep,
0: yeah. which that makes sense to me because I already, unfortunately, I, I, and I try to avoid trailers like crazy. I, I really do. But uh, I did see enough to know kind of kind of at least where they're going t- time and time and setting for season two and i mean i'm excited about it because i think now that uh i mean my only assumption is if they're in the past you know at at least season two feels like it's going to be able to breathe a little bit because it's not not going to be this hopefully you know we have to stop the apocalypse in three days kind of thing it's going to have time for them to you know, explore the relationships between the characters and and maybe hit on some stuff that they didn't quite get to in season 1. I hope.
1: Right. Well, I think each character will be independently for lack of a better term like re-challenged by their place in the world and you know, what they're going to have to deal with, but I also think that it's such it's so ripe for a bunch of different twists and turns even within like you said obviously you hate spoilers and such with the clothing and different things like that you get some sense of what's going on like i said having read the other series i have some idea as well but like for instance you know there's whole things that they haven't even like in the original series it was a somewhat alternative reality where jfk had never been assassinated
0: right right
1: So this one, you know, obviously it's more about keeping the time frame intact. So, you know.
0: Yeah, they alluded to that. There was that one scene where where five was there for that and then was like zapped away, you know, right in that moment. And it was unclear whether he was there to stop the assassination or if he was there to participate in the assassination. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. They, didn't, they didn't really, they left that unclear. So, you know, zapping him away, again, could have been saving JFK or it could have been making sure JFK got shot. So, just so much little stuff. I can't wait. I well, can't it's, wait for season and two. <laughs>
1: and it's one of those things where, again, they've made so many smart choices as far as how they've set up the characters so far that they've left it so open-ended. I mean, for instance five in the comics is they they experimented on him the the organization that made him an assassin so he's perpetually 10 years old and he's had uh, um serial killers dna spliced into his to make him a better killer <laughs> so you know what i'm saying like there's there's whole things that can they can still potentially happen that aren't you know and that's just like one yeah we don't we don't know yet if
0: if, we don't know if they're leaving that out or if they're just saving it you know well i don't think at this point you know
1: right and 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 if i had to make an educated guess judging by like the scene you just described where he comes you know he time jumps from dallas um you know back into the basically into the show uh they kind of win a different way to give them the experience and stuff like that. But now that he, you know, I mean, you just never know. It's just so wide open. And, and to simultaneously play it that fantastical where you can do anything, but yet be so like just in the mud and muck as far as interpersonal relationships and, and the dynamics of what, being a sibling or being part of a a family or a bigger whole is all about i mean the way they balance that is it's it's a it's a master class i i i uh i think the guy that's associated with uh that created it um i don't know if he created legion or if he had a hand in it but that was a great show too i mean
0: yeah i never watched that one either but
1: yeah there's uh There's some really, there's some very impressive creatives out there, both in front of and behind the camera, so.
0: Absolutely. Well, we are going to be anxiously awaiting the release of season two on Friday, and we're going to be back uh, with each episode. We're going to do an after show recap of each episode. I know Netflix will be dropping everything all at once, so we'll probably drip them out to you guys you know we'll we'll, we'll release them you know maybe every few days because we know that you'll probably binge that show as fast as we will so um if you haven't caught up this is the time catch up on season one hopefully we didn't ruin too much but i mean come on if you haven't watched season one you should have stopped listening 40 minutes ago so uh, <laughs> you got that right um yeah come on um we we were very clear with our spoiler alert so uh Definitely subscribe in the feed. This episode is in the Back Issues feed, so if you haven't heard Back Issues yet, please uh, check out our other show where we break down the greatest comic book stories ever told. So we will be back next week with our recap shows of The Umbrella Academy Season 2. So until then, I'm Toby Shaver. I'm Dave Shaver. Join us next week on Sir Reginald's Monocle.